The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXOIZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. And for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Tuesday morning. Um, I'm hoping the computer holds together here for <laughs> the past five more minutes. Everything seems to be going really well. The bit rate's up real good, good and strong. There's no reason that anything should be failing. If you missed part of the show yesterday because we got cut off uh, in about 10 minutes in, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if somebody's getting in my computer. I don't know what's happening, but uh, stuff I spent three times yesterday reloading windows, if you can believe that. Um, doing things with the hard drive, everything. So it all seems to be working perfectly this morning. But if you missed part of that show, you can go to YouTube, you can go to the Facebook page, you can go to my page if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, whatever. The second part of that is up if you missed that. Um, that was when we actually started to get into things because we had just started the show. And uh, so if you want to check that out, you can do so there. Hopefully everything stays intact this morning and we'll be good to go. If you don't want to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the video portion of the show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Look, I'm sun suntanned or sunburned or something like that. Uh, the lighting, I've still got to get uh, one of the, the lights in. Um, that I've been out and I ordered one, but it didn't fit. So <clears throat> anyway, if you want to watch, if you want to see that, if you want to see the faces made for radio, go to sonslibertymedia.com and there will be on the right to scroll down there and you can enlarge that. You can also uh, check it out on my Twitter account, FPPTim, FPPTim on Twitter. Our Facebook page is Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news.com, Michael Roach gives us a place there every weekday morning at 6 a.m. and then Bradley's on at 3 p.m. Eastern. And then on Saturdays, he's on for two hours at 3 p.m. I'm on in the morning at 8 a.m. on Saturday. And then finally on DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. You can also catch us on Spreely Gab, MeWe Minds, and USA.life at Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media. Good morning to everybody in the chat rooms that I can see. Uh, Natalie and Norman and Wes and Jennifer, Brian, Steph, Steve, Don, Mark, Cece, David, Joan, Priority Matters, and... Um, couple other people that I see, Helen and Matthew, Mike, Angela, and Renee. Good morning to you guys. Great to have you uh, with us this morning. Now, <clears throat> the, the, the title of the show here today, I know it's probably a little provocative, and that's okay. We like to be provocative when it comes to being truthful. And it's how to sue your governor. How to sue your governor. Now, I had a submission 
to uh, another one of one of my sites on how to sue your governor, and it was by a guy by the name of Alan Stevo, and. I, I put it up, and it's kind of fascinating because those of you who've been listening to the Sons of Liberty in the mornings, you'll real, you'll remember that what was it about a week or so ago? I said I was looking to sue Governor McMaster. Yes, he's a Republican in the state of South Carolina who's usurped his authority to declare essential and non-essential businesses, which every business is essential, every work and every job is tied to. Um, your religious beliefs, God gives in the fourth commandment. He says, six days you shall labor. Everybody wants to focus on honor the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We're supposed to have a day of rest. Yes, we are. But God also established six days to work. So working is part of our worship too. And uh, as the Apostle Paul says, the one who doesn't work should not eat. And so they have you not working, but they want to make sure that you get to eat. And that's part of what communism does. It's doing things like that where it makes you dependent upon the government. So with that said, I want to bring on my guest this morning, the author of the article, Alan Stevo. And um, Alan, good morning, and welcome to the Sons of Liberty, man. Good morning, Tim. Thank you for having me on. Sure. I really appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Now, let me give you, let me give a little introduction for people um, about Alan, uh, because he's he's written... Um, he, he's an entrepreneur. He's a, he's a, a syndicated print columnist. His work has appeared in online and print publications such as The Daily Caller, The Hill, The New York Post, The Epic Times, uh, Economic Policy Journal, as well as as well through think tanks such as the Manhattan Institute's City Journal, the Cobden is that, am I saying that right? The Cobden Center, uh, Mises.org. We love Mises.org and many others. He's the author of several books, among them The Bitcoin Manifesto and How to Win America. The, uh, the piece that um, we're going to be discussing, though, today first appeared over at LouRockwell.com. And, uh, Alan, uh, you're sort of a jack-of-all-trades here, <laughs> I guess. Or you got you got a lot of irons in the fire of where you write and things. And um, so what I want you to do is, before we start off, tell people a little bit about yourself. I mean, I've kind of given you a, an introduction there. Take a few minutes and tell people a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into this issue. Yeah, you know what? Uh, that that I think you gave you gave a good introduction there. But uh, I'm like a lot of people. I'm uh, on lockdown. Uh, I've seen this uh, Corona communism come into place. Um, there's there's this horrible horrible uh, cold season right now. Horrible flu season that we're still in. It looks like, and uh, people are people are suffering. A lot of people are suffering. And like many other times in history. Um, the governmental response that I'm seeing is so much worse uh, than than the actual uh, problem that the government pretends to to uh, to solve for us. And uh, I'm just seeing I'm just seeing a lot of misery, and uh, I'm uh, experiencing a little bit of that in my own life. And uh, just kind of wishing, just kind of wishing uh, that what I saw on Easter Easter 2020 really would never have happened. Um, I, I still can't believe that uh, in in what I've considered, and probably I still today consider the freest country in the world, um, something was achieved that was not even achieved in the USSR. Um, not even in the USSR could the openly atheist government uh, close down the churches. And uh, somehow in the United States, that happened. Um, and that was a uh, Incredibly sad for me to watch, uh, and 
sometimes from from very dark times can come can come good things and uh uh we have Pentecost right around the corner here and uh there's uh even in California you have twelve hundred pastors signing a a vow that they'll open on Pentecost whether the governor likes it or not. Um there's there's some pastors, hundreds, maybe thousands, who quietly stayed opened, um and some who, who very loudly stayed opened. Um so there's really some amazing stuff that I'm seeing happening. Um and one area I, I had the opportunity once upon a time to uh to say to uh, uh, my local government, hey, uh, I think what you're doing is a little wrong. Uh, I'd like to see what the courts would think about this. And uh, I, I uh, wrote this piece from uh, with a little bit of uh, hindsight uh, on, on what I might do a little bit better if I were suing my governor again. And I just wanted to write a piece. So many people reached out to me saying, hey, how do I go about suing my governor? And there's really quite a few resources out there to help you do that. So the piece is really about that, uh, how to make it as easy as possible on yourself. Because there, there, are, there are several hundred million Americans who probably have a uh, uh, violation of a uh, violation of their, their fundamental rights. Certainly they have a violation of their fundamental rights taking place right now. And some people would, uh, would turn to the Constitution as a protection of those rights. Um, I think the rights are far more important than even the Constitution. But um, you know, on paper, we have the Constitution to to, to turn to and to turn to the courts and say, "Hey, uh, what's going on here? This doesn't seem to to fit what the courts have been saying." So I write an article on that topic. Yeah, and it, it's a good it's a good it's a good one. It's it's very simple. It's very straightforward. Now let me give let me give a little sort of introduction here as to to what we're going to talk about um, some practical things that are actually taking place. For instance, a lot of the uh, governors don't think the people can sue them, um, but they have the authority to somehow sue the people, as it were. For instance, let's take um, this um, uh, Kansas governor Laura Kelly, um, her church limitation. And we've got Kansas representatives have overturned her tyrannical uh, church limitation order, and then she sues to, to maintain her usurpation of power. So she can sue the people who are their, that's their representatives. She can sue the people, but somehow she thinks the people can't stand in her way or sue her. Then we have, on the flip side of that, we've got um, the, the Department of Justice uh, siding with the church that's suing um, Governor Northam in Virginia after a pa- uh, after their pastor, um, he held a 16-person service, faced a fine in jail. I mean, there wasn't even a law broken, and Northam is, I mean, he's just uh, he's just a crazy man. He he needs to he should have been tarred and feathered and removed from office on lobby day when we were up there, because I told people I said we're coming in here nice, we're coming in here peaceful as we should be. We're not to be aggressive, those who are aggressive, but we have tyrants throughout the United States in one form or another, and they're not just Democrats, people, they're Republicans too, and they've usurped not only the U.S. Constitution, but they've usurped the Constitution of the states in declaring national emergencies or state emergencies, and um, and then they're going and they're, declare, they're, they're determining who's essential, who's non-essential, um, who can work and who doesn't work. 
Who's going to wear a mask and who's not going to wear a mask? Who's going to go here and who's going to go there? I, we got some Nazis I told the people about down here at the supermarket who want to tell you what door you can go in and what door you can go out and say it's government mandated. No, it's not. It really isn't. And so we've got these kinds of things. And one of the things that uh, I think that, that brought this out for you that you were saying, we're seeing some civil disobedience, which is good. Uh, that There's everything good and right about that when it's done uh, lawfully, uh, in other words, when when you're not trying to um, be, I want to say violent in this area, you're not being aggressive. You're just standing and letting your your grievances be known, and you're calling out the lawless. That's the issue. You call out the lawlessness, and this way you're bringing the people. You're wanting to bring them towards the law. So you've got one thing. Uh, your step one is decide pro se public interest or pro bono, or your own private attorney. This is the first thing that you're, you're saying that uh, people need to start with if they want to sue their governor. Maybe they've been harmed in this instance. Maybe they're, they've lost their business. Maybe they're, uh, it's made them utterly dependent upon, I don't know, an unemployment check or whatever the case may be. It's pushed them into a, a situation where they can't, one, do the thing that's supposed to be protected under the First Amendment, which is, what I said at the first, that is, this work is part of our worship. It's part of our our expression of worship uh, that's not to be infringed upon. Talk a little bit about this first step here of, of what people can do in suing their governor. Yeah, so pro se, pro se, uh, that means that you're going into court representing yourself. And uh, I think that with now where the, the minutes and the hours and the days count so much, uh, Pro se is probably not the right way to go. Pro se is a neat way to learn how the system works. You kind of get you get a a crash course in how the system works very nicely if you go pro se. Um, it's not there's good good times to do it, um, and some people would never do it because they would just feel feel that it would be a mistake to represent themselves when there's lawyers out there who would do it. But something I'd kind of like to to encourage people towards is considering. There's a whole area of lawyers out there. They're public interest attorneys. Public interest attorneys, they bring forward cases saying, uh, I believe uh, person X, I believe Tim, I believe Tim is going to make a perfect test case. And if Tim wins his uh, case, we're going to establish some judicial precedent that will help one million other people. That's what a public interest attorney is out there doing. And a lot of times, these public interest attorneys work pro bono, they work free of charge. Um, they will, if you win the case, the the government is going to end up footing the bill for that attorney fees, is what could happen in some cases. But the attorney goes into it recognizing that uh, the donors to their organization will end up paying. And that's kind of the way, that's kind of the way we encourage you to, to consider going. But also you could find your own attorney and you might have an attorney already. You might have a friend who's an attorney. You might have a relative who's an attorney. You can go to them and say, hey, I'd like to sue the governor. And you don't need, need to say to them, will you represent me? Because a lot of attorneys are just going to say, no, leave me alone. But you say to them, you say to them, uh, can you refer me to someone? And that's not, they won't all refer you. They might tell you to take a hike. But mostly they'll say, okay, I know a guy who could be interested in something like that. Um, so that's kind of a, an important thing to say to an attorney. Can you refer me to someone? I'm looking to do this. Can you refer me to someone? Um, 
if you want to go public interest or find your own attorney. Um, so those are two two kind of options that I see could be useful right now. Okay. And, now, uh, yeah. what what about uh, things like? Um... Uh, people say, well, what if I, what if I'm doing it myself and stuff, it's going to cost me some money. I've got to file some paperwork and stuff like this. They, can they use the thing? Um, I'm trying to think of what it's called. It's a, it's basically, you're saying you're a pauper. You have to provide some documentation, I guess, that you can't uh, fund some of the, the paperwork and stuff like this. Um, what do they call that thing? I'm trying to think of what it is. Oh, pauperous something. I forget what it is. Anyway, uh, they could use that if they want to go that route, too, on the pro se uh, thing, I'm, I'm thinking. Sure, sure you could. I would I would recommend the number one route even, you know, getting out there. I kind of lay, lay out a format for how you can probably spend a few hours reaching out to a few of these organizations and uh, just get a little bit of feedback. And there are, I can't, <laughs> there are a lot of attorneys out there who they spend a little bit of their time each month trying to figure out how they can do something good for the world. They recognize that their job just is terrible for the world in a lot of ways. And some of them are just saying, how do I do a little good for the world once in a while? There's a lot of attorneys that will take on cases like these. Okay. All right. All right. Now you've got the second thing here. Uh, you're talking about keep organized. Um, and uh, one of these things that you mentioned just now is to identify potential lawyers. And I, I guess this is this is where it gets a little hairy <laughs> because um, since, oh, I don't know, for almost a year, I covered a story down in Florida. And this woman was just taken advantage of by every ter- attorney she got. I mean, they were stealing her money. Um, they were working with the person who was suing her, who didn't even offer her a service. Uh, over a million dollars he got a judgment for. And he was getting it because the attorneys were apparently that she hired, worked with him, took about $400,000 from her um, and gave it basically to him. And so finding the right attorney is something, too. I, I mean, if you're even going to go that route— Finding an attorney is a really difficult thing. You say there's some good ones. I don't doubt that there's probably some some good and kind attorneys. I'm not doubting that at all. But finding one uh, is a, a real difficult challenge. So, so, so can you speak about this, the keeping organized and identifying potential lawyers? Absolutely. So the this, there's so many good cases out there that never see court and never, never are even uh, kind of – the argument's never even presented to the other side – because the, um, the, the, the plaintiff never finds a good attorney, never finds an attorney. So um, this, this format's kind of set up to say, how can you tend toward more attorneys? And, you know, there's, there's a word, pedifogger, in the English language to de- describe this inferior minor attorney. Um, and that's not exactly who you're looking for. You're, you're looking for... You're looking for uh, an organization in this kind of situation. You're probably looking for an organization that uh, might be working with some law professors who would, they want to make a name for themselves doing something good. They don't want to, they don't want to get word out there that, that they're uh, acting like a shyster. So um, with, with, uh, 
I present I present a list. I don't know. Maybe I list twenty organizations that are out there that could be uh, emailed. And in terms, and I think I think you have uh, places. Yes, yes. You mentioned you mentioned you could kind of post post uh, the article and post the the list of attorneys there. Um, if your listeners were interested in this topic, um, I'd say write a write a quick email, five sentences maybe. You don't have to tell your life story. Uh, I've not, I've not been able to go to church. I've not been able to go to the political event I want. Um, my business is closed down. I think I have a case. Uh, can you talk to me about it or refer me to someone? Send that out to a handful of organizations. I think one in ten, one in ten respond to you most likely, and you kind of go from there. It's a numbers game, um, and you just kind of need to need to follow up. You know, maybe two days after you send it out, follow up, uh, send another email, probably make a phone call too. Say, hey, I sent this email. I want to make sure it was seen. And uh, just kind of do that over and over again. And uh, some places might want to listen to your story a little bit more. Some places might not. And uh, there will also be, there's also uh, uh, organizations that are going to focus specifically on South Carolina. Um, so that might be an additional kind of area of benefit, uh, or your listeners might not be in South Carolina as well. In, in the person's own state, um, there will be organizations specific to that state saying, how do we overturn bad policy in our state? Okay. All right. Now you've given a couple of things here too. Um, you've, you've talked about, uh, are, is there somebody that, uh, is a author or a legal theorist uh, that you like, and you may ask them for a referral too. You mentioned a Walter Brock. You've also mentioned Robert Barnes, and um, now Robert Barnes is he? Was he the guy representing Alex Jones? Was that the same guy that I'm thinking of? I'm not sure when when he had the um uh, the all the bands that that took on that came to him. Was that the same guy? I don't know, but that's exactly the kind of lawyer when when you think to yourself. That guy who represented Alex Jones, I kind of like what he did. How do I find him? That's that's exactly the kind of thinking you're you're looking for for someone who you recall from a news story where you're you're saying that guy can't be all bad if he was uh, representing someone someone that I care for or if he was bringing forward that argument that I care for. Okay. All right. Now, some people that we got a comment. And by the way, folks, if you want to call in and you got a question for Alan or you want to make a comment here, 215-867-8255, Top Talk. Uh, we got a comment in the chat room that said, sorry, friend, our unalienable liberties will not be defended by the same system that is destroying the law and judicial branch, our, mod our modern day star chamber. I tend to agree with that. I tend to be very cynical Amen. over things. I tend to be very cynical over that, and I, I tend to agree with that comment. But but that does not mean that we should not fight against it. And I think this is what you're saying, Alan, is not let the system fight for itself because it's never going to do that. It's the people who are going to have to keep taking it to the system. We're going to have to keep taking it to them um, because if we become so cynical that we don't fight against them, then all we're left with is an eventual war with that system. And I'm talking about, I mean, we're pretty close to it now. Uh, people are fed up with what's going on there uh, in, in our country and in our states where we're being told your liberties don't matter. Um, it's for the greater good that you're doing that. It's very communist kind of terminology, um, the essential, non-essential, very you know Nazi Germany kind of talk and all these kinds of things. 
We're the ones, we're the ones who have to make, we were the ones who have to enforce the law. I mean, that's, we're, we're the law enforcers, if you will. The Constitution doesn't enforce itself. It's we the people. We're the ones who set it up. And in other covenant documents throughout history, uh, in Christendom, what they did was they started off with God as the one who is the established covenant. Well, we didn't do that. Um, we, we chose to say, oh, well, the people's got to do it. Okay, well, the people have to enforce this stuff. And this is really what you're talking about. You're saying the people have to step up. They have to quit letting everybody else do everything for them, and they're going to have to make the stand. And that's what we want to encourage. We want to encourage that action uh, for them. Now, are there some cases that you've heard along these lines, uh, besides maybe this one I mentioned in Virginia, that you want to give some illustration for of, of some people doing exactly what you're talking about? Yes, but I'd also I'd also like to address some of the things you brought up, which yeah, I think are so important. Please. Um, so your listener who brought that up, I, listen, I have no, I have no no presumption that that my salvation is going to be uh, provided by a judge. That's that's just you know, <laughs> no, that's not that's not the case at all. But you know, for there's there's little little areas little areas of life that that from time to time a judge might get it right and from time to time uh you might end up with a really great judge who is going to go to bat for you um and that happens sometimes and you know these politicians here i have uh in in my neck of the woods there's uh what i've been hearing is uh some of these lockdown rules are starting to get enforced a little bit more now and uh they weren't. They weren't for for six weeks. There was no no enforcement at all. But uh, the the local officials are starting to hear a little bit more from the Karens than they are from the other people. The other people have just gone back to living their lives the way they see fit. And the Karens keep calling up. Oh, this person's working out in the park and and things like this. Are, are so so. There's no. Uh, there's almost the. They feel pushed to enforce because. Uh, the other side is not being heard very well. The people who who want the lockdowns to end, or who want to just be left alone, or you know, people who want to quarantine themselves if that's what they see fit, rather than being self-quarantined. You have you have these politicians, and you got to go after Republicans as well. There's no question about that. You got these politicians. They're pretty simple creatures. Money makes them happy. You give them a donation, that makes them smile. A lot of people give them donations, that makes them smile. Praise makes them happy. They love the applause. And uh, they really dislike negative publicity. They dislike people yelling at them. They uh, dislike the idea that they might get a little bit less money. Um, and you just got to put pressure on politicians. Um, if, if, you don't, if you don't bring forward lawsuits, if you don't stand up to them in some way, they get no, there's no resistance happening. So you end up with the Karens dictating how things happen. And at the end of the day, you know, you're protecting your own property, you're protecting your own family. But uh, if there's not a little bit of room as well for how do I uh, have a voice in the political process, then uh, these times like this, these times like this can, uh, can get a little rough. And it doesn't last forever. This kind of stuff doesn't last forever. It goes away over time. People come back to their senses, but us as individuals can't last forever either. Um, so uh, sometimes it's good to fight some of the hostility in the world. 
um, and to uh, bring people back to reason. And the natural order of things, the natural order of things, not set in place by the Constitution, the natural order of things is uh, you have the, uh, the tyrant fearful of the people, not the people fearful of the government. Um, and uh, things are a little out of order right now. The natural order will come back. It'll be okay. Things will be good. Well, just, uh, let's let's talk a little yeah. bit about uh, the order getting out of hand here. Uh, we've we're having these um, these they're not laws; they're unconstitutional and unlawful orders that are being given. And then we have the brown shirts in the police uniform, agents of the state, uh, who are seeking to enforce it. But it's starting to affect the population. We've got uh, this uh, viral video, and if you'll give me a moment, I'm going to show this. Uh, of a Staten Island store mob screaming at a woman without a mask. All right, hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this uh, for those who are watching. All right, so there you have it. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's crazy what is going on with these people. Um, I would have been in there bad, like I did when I go into the, the supermarket, like a little sheep, to show these people. Some of them don't, I mean, every one of them wearing these masks. What they don't understand is they don't stop anything that's uh, that would get through there that they're being told to get. Not that a virus can be passed to anyone anyway. That's the real lie that's going on here. And the second thing is, is they're actually making themselves acidic wearing this. That's because they're showing themselves to be slaves. They're going to bring a judgment on themselves, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and they're going to see that they're going to see the results of this after weeks and weeks and months of wearing these stupid masks that don't stop anything. And yet. They're in here harassing this lady. I'm surprised that she doesn't get turn around. I get video of it so that you can capture all these people and start dealing with them for harassment. I, it's just it's incredible. That's a horrible video, and uh, Staten Island even has a that's a that's a Republican neck of the woods by a lot of measures uh, for for how New York votes. Um, uh, so that that just kind of maybe it's not a partisan issue. Um, it goes beyond that for sure. The, these face masks, if you'd like me to mention a little, there's a probably a pretty good way that your listeners can never wear a face mask again legally. If you'd like to talk through that a little with me, sure. Uh, I, well, I to. yeah, I would always say not just don't wear it uh, and let them let them sort sort that out as to how they're going to try to. Um, pin that on you. But yeah, I'd, I'd be happy for you to speak to some, because I'm sure there are some people who are listening uh, and watching or will watch later on who are in states or uh, counties or whatever, who are being told they have to wear a mask. Uh, we've got some uh, reports that there are stores that are saying you can't come in our store unless you wear a mask. Uh, yeah, please talk about that. Um, yeah, so uh, every Every single face mask order I've seen uh, so far, and you know these orders, it's important. It's important to recognize these are orders from public health officials or their press releases from mayors. They're not laws. Um, 
seldom are they ordinances from from uh, city city uh, councils. So whether they have any power of enforcement or not is a quite questionable. So, but people get worked up. There's a lot of people scared right now. There's a lot of people scared, and uh, they 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 have no foundation in their lives to to deal with fear, to deal with the possibility of of dying. Some people out there aren't so afraid because they, they, they've kind of sorted that out through life. They, they have a foundation in life for understanding that uh, our time on this planet is finite. Um, with the face masks, the uh, every order I've seen, every order I've seen says uh, has exemptions for children, especially children under two. It has exemptions for people with uh, medical problems. It has ex- uh, exemptions for people with physical problems um, where they wouldn't be able to remove the mask. And it's not, uh, there's a long history of corporate corporate entities not really wanting to know what your medical problem or physical problem might be. Um, and a lot of people, you may have had this experience, have a hard time breathing in a face mask. Um, it's, it's much more difficult to breathe in a face mask. Um, so some people have had the experience that uh, if they show up at a store door um, and the front door and they say they show up without a face mask, there can be a little bit of tension there. In that video, there's a little bit of tension, but there can be a little bit of a diffusing of tension. And this, listen, I'm not, this isn't, this isn't the easiest thing on earth. It's going to take 10 minutes of your time, but I'm not asking you, I'm not asking you to go, uh, storm Omaha Beach, climbing a Higgins boat and storm Omaha Beach. And I'm not asking you to spend your Christmas in uh, some fetid French trench. But for, for 10 minutes of effort, you can just protect your freedom a little bit and maybe even protect a few other people's freedom a little bit, perhaps. Because these fear masks are, are psychological far more than their, their medical significance. And it's a bad psychology. You call up the store manager, call up the store, may please speak to the manager. Two minutes later, maybe a manager comes on. Are you the manager? Who knows if the manager or not? If they claim they're the manager, you start the conversation. And, you know, I know you guys are asking for face masks. Um, that poses a problem for me because I have a condition where it makes it very hard to breathe in a face mask. And uh, I'd like to know if if uh, I can come in without wearing a face mask. If I can shop there today, I'm going to be by about 2 p.m. Can I shop without a face mask? And uh, I understand if you need to call a supervisor or something, but that's a concern of mine. Can you make an exception for me? Almost any person is going to make the exception in that situation. If uh, if they start asking you about your medical condition, you can offer it, or you can say, listen, I, I, I'm not comfortable talking about that with you. You really need to push me on that? I'm, I'm, I'm not comfortable. And you can leave it at that. And... Uh, a little phone call is probably going to get you in the door of any place just like that with very little tension. I've even heard people being escorted to the front of the line and uh, things like that. Special exceptions being made for them just by calling and asking. Yeah, that's interesting. I, <clears throat> I'm i more of the opinion of I let you know I'm not coming to your store if you're going to act like a Nazi. Uh, I'm a little more, I guess, confronted. I don't know. Um, and I don't mind doing that. Because sometimes people think you're crazy, but the reality is, is that most of these people 
I would say the vast majority of these people wearing these masks have not actually done any research. They're sitting in front of the boob tube. They're listening to the liar, lying politicians. They're listening to the lying media. Tell them what they're to believe instead of thinking through it themselves, going and doing the research like we've provided here uh, on the show with doctors and nurses who say, look, one, a virus is not what they're telling you it is. It's something that comes out of your cells. It's called an exosome to clean up the toxins in your body. And two, you can't pass that on unless somebody takes it out of your body and injects it into somebody else's body, which is what vaccines are. They're, they're, they're viruses that are taken out of something else, whether it's an animal, a person, whatever, and it's pumped into your system directly. And so they're ignorant of these kinds of things. And so if they're just listening to the media as this is and politicians as to they are God and they know all. And, and so this is for your good and it's for the good of everybody else. Then these people go around doing that and they're they're fearful of what they're being told. And, you know, I've said it over and over, Alan, the Sons of Liberty is not here to promote fear. If people are fearful, if they think that what we're telling them is fear, it's in their mind, not ours. We're telling them live, you know, on this situation, live your life normally. What's hard to do about that? And I've told people, I'll sit in a room with somebody with COVID-19, if anybody's even actually had it, or coronavirus uh, that they're pushing. I'll sit in it. It doesn't bother me. I'm not worried about it because they can't pass that to me. That's the whole point. And um, so if people, you know, it, it is really something, you know, God talks about not knowing his law. And so he says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And he's talking about his law. But they're destroyed for not knowing other things, too. And they become slaves to that stuff instead of uh, ha- being those people who enjoy liberty. Uh, they submit themselves to their masters. Well said. Well said. You know, there's a, a lot of fear, a lot of fear right now. And uh, the, the state has been made into a god for some people. Uh, and that god has failed. People are scared that their God has failed, and uh, they don't get it. They don't get it. They have no no ability to see what's going on. So, like you said, they're they're tuned to the boob tube, and they're uh, they're taking this you know mystical piece of cloth and saying this is gonna somehow this talisman is gonna protect me. This this mystical piece of cloth is somehow gonna protect me from all the ill in the world um, because they have nothing else to grab onto understandably they're in the state of crisis where they have nothing to grab onto they have no to even to even talk about to even talk about uh, the constitution to some people or even go and talk about god to some people you know this is this is totally anathema to them this piece of cloth is going to save them how crazy is that but that's that's what they are they're a little scared a little scared i've been scared before i do weird things when i'm scared you might have been scared once or twice too you <laughs> sure well sure well, now, okay, so I want to let people know um, there's a couple of things I want to get to for the end of the show, and uh, they come from the uh, article that you wrote, and we'll have that up in the archives after the show this morning. You give an entire list of um, a lot of different uh, public interest lawyers who might be interested in taking your case. If you're interested, if you're listening to the show, uh, these will be found in the archive in the article that Alan wrote, uh, anywhere from the Thomas More Law Center um, Southeastern Legal Foundation. Um, I think you even mentioned the Communist ACLU. Uh, they'll pick up stuff like this. Judicial Watch. Um, 
just a number of, of Liberty Council. That's one of our favorites. Uh, they might be interested in picking up some of these things. And also, you talked about um, there was one other thing through following through. It's not just enough to make one call. You know, Jesus talked about a woman who sought justice and she had an unjust judge. But because she pestered the judge so much, he was just like, "Okay, woman, shut up. I'll give you what you're wanting. The people have to follow through. They can't just make one call and assume, "Okay, this is going to get done. You have to stay after him. And I can tell you from experience, uh, Bradley does that uh, constantly with um, following through with lawsuits and things because you have to stay on these guys. You have to stay on them. Uh, about what's going on. But you made mention of um, an article by the American Institute for Economic Research. And the guy's name is Robert E. Wright. And he asked, why aren't Americans suing their way out of lockdown? And I I perceive it's either they don't know what to do, which is probably the first and foremost thing, or they think it's going to take a lot of money and they don't have that either. And he lists several things, reasons why this isn't happening on um, you know, the legal front that people aren't bringing the lawsuits. But I, there are people who have the gumption and they'll follow through and things like this to, you know, keep it up, uh, to keep pushing that. Uh, meanwhile, other people are sitting back going, boy, I wish I could do that. I've seen some people in the in the chat room saying, boy, this governor needs to be sued and this mayor needs to be sued. And we wish this would get get done here. Well, it's up to us to do it. It's some, nobody else is going to do it. So uh, this is why we had Alan on to kind of encourage that. What are some things that you see that people are the reason they won't do it? I mean, you point to his reason. He lists like 13 different things here. What are some reasons that you see? Is it just, is it, I mean, is it ignorance? I'm not saying that people are stupid. They're just, they're just, they just don't know. They don't have, they don't know how to do this. Yeah, the system's set up to make sure people don't don't do that, do anything. It's it's set up to be intentionally contorted. Um, it's set up for you to need a lawyer, um, for you to go to a go to the government and beg beg uh, for 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 them to please leave you alone when they're obviously doing craziness. Um, it, it's just set up against people. Um, so I think it's important to recognize there, there's like 200. If you follow some of these links, like there's State Policy Network. Uh, is one of these links in the article. State Policy Network, it's not going to list everyone, but it's going to list like 200 organizations. And some of them are quite milquetoast, wimpy organizations that probably haven't posted anything about COVID on their blog in the last two months even. But you're going to end up with, with a list of 200 organizations that that take an interest in constitutional issues, um, some better than others. But they're out there. They're out there. Some of them are looking for cases. And all it takes is one lawyer in the place saying, you know, I'm excited about this topic. Um, so recognizing that these resources are out there, I think, helps a lot of people. And there's all, all the usual. People, some people are, are a right fit for kind of bringing forward this type of, of civil disobedience. And some people are not the right fit. And you probably know the, the people listening right now who are uh, saying to themselves, that's something I could see myself doing. They're the right fit. The people listening right now saying, I would never in a million years waste my time with this kind of thing. Not the right fit. And that's okay. You know, uh, in the, the, the 18, 1850s, you had Thoreau, 
Henry David Thoreau, he was, he was pointing out disobedience is the true foundation of liberty. Um, the obedient must be slaves. It's kind of a little bit of saying, hey, I'm not, when you don't know what to do sometimes, when the government's ordering you around, sometimes maybe the right thing to do is to walk away and do nothing. Um, you don't always have to obey. And uh, this is kind of one way of saying, hey, there's there's one more opportunity for not obeying. And on Easter, from the Ides of March to Easter, there are so many ministers out there who had an opportunity. They didn't have to be, they didn't have to be rude about it. They could have even gone to the governor and said, oh, great Caesar, I so respect you. And I just want to know if, if you're, you governor, your right hand of government agrees with the, the great left hand of government, the courts. And I'm just going to take a case to the court just to see if they agree. But I truly believe in you, great Caesar, right? A, a minister could have even had that attitude instead of just closing down the church and saying, visit us online. Like that's the way to do, to do church. Yeah, it's not. Um, in fact, I know that that was one of the things that we put out. It wasn't a thumb in the in the eye. We believe that the governor is the minister of God, Romans thirteen, um, and that they. But their you know their primary duty is to punish evildoers. And this is the one thing where those in in ju- in the area to bring justice are not doing that. They're releasing uh, convicted prisoners, uh, murderers, child molesters, rapists. All the, they're doing that, um, but they're not bringing justice. And this goes not just with governors, this goes with our president, this goes with the mayors, all the, <clears throat> all of these things that are happening uh, around the country. They're not acting as the ministers of God, even though they're in that position. And I think we can respect the office that they have by calling them to do what the office demands. That is not disrespectful. And I know our church, we haven't closed for anything. I think we even met outside a couple of mornings. It was really nice out to do it. It didn't bother me at all that we do that. And we were there. We weren't social distancing or any of this nonsense uh, because <clears throat> I, for, fortunate, um, I, I, just, I don't understand how that works anyway. Uh, six foot is what you need to be uh, apart, but six foot, one inches, um, that's I mean, where, where we drawn the, it's kind of like when you pick an age, it's very subjective in things. And, um, <clears throat> all of it is about something else. And we, that's for another show. We've, we've covered that before, but you're right. Why did the churches stand down? I'll, I'll say it's because they no longer believe in the God that they're teaching. They say they believe in him. Uh, they say they believe Psalm 91, that he, he protects them from the quote unquote perilous pestilence, as the scripture says, but in actions, they deny that. They deny it. And this is the problem. It's not what we say. It's what we do. That, that's what really, I mean, I think we should have say and do, but it's not just about what we say. It's about what we do, too. And um, I think that you're given some, you've given some pointers here where people who are interested in this, it, look, if people are interested, one of the things somebody mentioned in the chat room was to get with other people. And I think that makes the claim even bigger is not just to go it along by yourself. If that's the way you got to do it, do it. But get other people of like mind in your area to join with you. That's a good idea, right? It's a great idea. One way, one way to find those people is through, the, through a lawyer because a few other people like that may have been, may have been calling. Um, not every lawyer is going to share, share any, any details like that or forward along an email for you. But that's, 
listen, there's nothing wrong with calling a lawyer who you think might have a little bit of information. It's going to take five minutes of your time. Um, it might be a little scary. They might be rude. I don't know. But like, call the lawyer, call any, yes, get with people, talk to people, talk about this as much as you can. If someone's not wearing their fear mask, walk up to them and say, hey, thanks for being courageous today, man. Um, I know, I know all these other people out here aren't being as courageous as you. Um, you know, get those conversations started. Don't walk away without that guy's phone number because there's something, you have a cool opportunity right now to see who the, uh, who the people are who aren't falling for everything. Um, it's, it's a very nice opportunity given at this moment. No, I agree. And it's a good, t it's, it's a good opportunity for people to lead. They have that natural uh, God-given ability to lead. They have the inclination to lead. They just may not know the steps to do that. So you've given them some steps. We talked a little bit about that um, this um, this morning in your article. And again, I'm going to have that up in the archive of the show today. One of the things that you you end with in your article is focus on your next instance of civil disobedience. I like that because that's thinking ahead. It's not saying, well, I'm going to wait till the situation presents itself and do this. Um, you write, your lawyer is now going to do almost all the work. Time for you to get out of there and find another front to push on. Uh, if it's inspiration on that front that you seek, you give 14 ideas on how to be civilly disobedient. Now, people can read that. And 24 ways others are being civil civilly disobedient. Um, but the thing is, is like what you say, you've got to take the initiative to push forward. And so we want to encourage people, uh, whatever state you're in, um, you've given a lot of resources here in this article. So I want to encourage people this morning, sonsoflibertymedia.com. We'll have a link to Alan's article here. And you'll be able to go through here all the links to many of the, the legal um, places that you can go to, um, these other things that we've talked about. You can get some inspiration from other people who are already doing what you want to do. And hopefully you get the ball rolling there because I'm telling you right now, they're telling you in some states, oh, we're going to open in June 15th. And then when June 15th comes, guess what they're going to tell you? Oh, by the end of June. And then when that comes, oh, end of July. And you know that's what's coming you know, because some of these people don't want to let up on their tyranny. And they're not going to let up until the people actually push back. And I was glad to see, I don't know if you saw it um, over the Memorial Day weekend, all these people on the beaches. And you had, <laughs> you had these, I put some of the videos out. And the videos were captured by some of these people who are these sheep, who are these lemmings. Uh, for the government, what are we doing? We're going to kill ourselves. And, all, and they're showing all the people just enjoying the day at the beach, at the pool, or wherever they're at. And I thought it was great. That was a To me, that's a great act of civil disobedience. What are you going to do? Come arrest you know, 10,000 people on the beach? <laughs> you got a jail that's going to hold all those people? No. Plus, it's a crowd. I mean, eventually, some people are going to start standing up. We've had reports where police have come to... Uh, get somebody for not social distancing or not having their mask on or up in Michigan, the militia showed up to protect the, uh, the barber there. Um, somebody somewhere is the people should start coming together because if they're going to target one person, guess what? You're they're coming for you next. And so the people have to come together on this thing. They really do. You're absolutely right about that. This 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 lockdown, it's going to end just like it started. It's going to end one person at a time. Just like one person at a time, people start to comply. That's how it's going to end. 
It's not going to, it doesn't need a 38 member blue ribbon committee to say, oh, there's a four month plan for how our three month lockdown is going to end. That's total nonsense. And the March 16th, the, the paper that was released March 16th, but had been talked about for government for weeks before then by Neil Ferguson out of Imperial College, that March 16th paper that many of these lockdowns are based on, it very clearly says it calls for 18 months of rolling lockdowns followed by vaccinations. It's never was this a three-week lockdown period. That paper, that paper clearly ridicules several-week lockdowns. This is an intended 18-month lockdown. The public health departments of the United States, by and large, have not moved from that topic. They still continue to say 18-month lockdown, 18-month rolling lockdown followed by vaccinations. Unless there's some serious movement against that, that's what the plan continues to be, especially in the more extreme parts of the country. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so when we even expressed some concern, and I use the term that Trump hinted at, I didn't say he said mandatory vaccines. I said he hinted at it because of the subject matter when he was being interviewed on Fox News. Um, you know, the lady says, well, to get back to normal, are we going to have to have our temperature taken every time we go out when we go to work? Are we going to have to have a COVID test? Are we going to have to do What are we going to have to do? And he goes, well, we have a vaccine. Now, he didn't say mandatory vaccines, and later on he would say, well, some people are going to take it, but he said the majority of the country is going to receive these, this, that, and the other. They got $500 million that they're trying to do. That's more than the population is. He wants to have the military. He's calling up the military unconstitutionally. There's no authority in the, in the Constitution to call up the military um, by the president um, unless we're um, – in, in a defensive mode, we're actually being attacked and things. There's no authority for him to be calling them up first and second, not to be calling them up to give vaccines. And so I don't see how people get away from exactly what's going on there. Uh, Alan, we're coming down the end of the show. Let me give you about 30 seconds. Tell people where uh, they can find out more about you and, and some of the writings that you have. Sure. I, uh, my favorite place to write is my own website. That's 52nsk.com. 52nsk.com. I write there quite a bit. Uh, I like to uh, write about other countries there. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm out there on the internet. But uh, the, the thing I most want to kind of request is to, to be as courageous as possible, to, to not betray your own values, to be as true to your values as possible as much as possible. All right. Good words. Good words. And people be sure to check him out. Now, some people may have missed that and thought you said in like the, the letter in, but it's 52 in like I N S K dot com. And that's um, I guess that's 52 weeks in Slovakia. Right. That's what that's tied to. And uh, Alan, I, yeah, appreci- I was a missionary. In Slovakia. OK, we're, yeah, we're, we're out of time here, uh, Alan. Sorry about that. I got it. Got it. Yep. I appreciate your time, Alan. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. 23 Hours, Rotten to the Core Wednesday here on Sons of Liberty with Lynn Taylor. See ya.